0: Welcome to the winged wheel podcast here to talk all things hockey are your hosts Brad Crisco Ryan Hanna and Evan Lobsinger
1: Gentlemen, thank you all for participating in uh, Evan's birthday gift this year He's uh, this is his birthday week as he's been proclaiming and so he's sitting out this mock draft Uh, So uh, max you're going to be taking his role of drafting one player several times so are you ready for that today? Always. Yeah, Bowen Byram's off the board already. Uh, we are joined, folks, on this very special episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast, uh, where we're going to be doing our first and probably most comprehensive mock draft of the 2023 NHL draft season. Uh, we're joined by Max Boltman of The Athletic Detroit and Prashanth Ayer uh, of Expected by Whom, uh, and of course, uh, Brad Crisco uh, from the pod. Guys, how's, how's everyone doing? Really well you're in a new house max new setting
0: yeah i know i've traded in my blue backdrop for a beige one but hopefully we'll get some shelves up soon so there can be a little little personality
1: brad are you uh ready to fight off the wolves as i desperately try to steer us into making your least preferable pick for the red wings
2: uh no i'm already prepared just to uh see prashant's reaction i'm just picking goalies the entire first
1: (laughs) round (laughs) All right, folks, so the way this is uh, going to work is we have four of us here. We're not going to assign ourselves to team. We are uh, teams. We're just going to go in order uh, one through four and just cycle that through. Uh, I have a mock draft tool in front of me. If you're on YouTube, you'll see the picks as they come along. So uh, the randomized order was uh, Prashanth, then Max, uh, then myself, then Brad. But uh, I use my ultimate veto power to uh, reverse myself and Brad to give myself more time to set up the tool. So Uh, Prashanth, Max, Brad, then me fourth, uh, and we are going to just cycle through that. So, uh, unfortunately, it does seem to be true, and it hasn't changed, that uh, the Chicago Blackhawks hold the first overall pick. So, Prashanth, uh, why don't you do the honors of making that pick for the Blackhawks and set this whole thing off?
3: Yeah, I mean, if I'm making the pick for the Blackhawks, they're going to take uh, Damian Clara, the goalie, out of uh, Sweden, the Italian Stallion right over... No, I mean, this is this is Conor Bedard. If I could assign them somebody, I would assign them some random person that I wish, because uh, they don't deserve this pick, but it'll be Connor Bedard.
1: As they deserve... Well, they deserve to be assigned someone random, but no, Chicago does take the most obvious first overall pick uh, in a long time, which is saying something. All right, Max, for the Anaheim Ducks... For a lot of people, this is a, an automatic, and I think I know which way you lean. But this, there is still some debate about this. And just to clarify for folks, this is what you would do as GM. So we're not going to get too crazy. We're not going to draft a goalie for for Dallas in the first round or anything. Uh, but personal rankings are factoring in here. So Max, pretending you're GM of Anaheim, what do you do?
0: Well, you know, I can't let a Michigan man stay on the board too long, uh, but. In addition to that, I also do think I would take Adam Fantilli here. I think he's the complete package. Uh, big, fast, centerman, plays both ends of the ice, super skilled, going to bring a ton of offense. I, I think this is actually like the literal definition of what Jeff, general managers hope for when they go into a draft. So uh, The fact that Bedard is there puts him on the board here. I think he's a perfect Pat Verbeek player, even though I guess I'm technically the GM in this scenario. Uh it just so happens that I get to take the Michigan guy too.
1: The Michigan man takes the Michigan man. Adam Fantilli off the board. Bedard Fantilli, probably the most likely outcome of the draft. Uh, Brad, this is where it gets interesting. Columbus has been a little bit of a wild card for the past couple of weeks. Uh, what do they do at third overall? Because you have some options between Michkov, Carlson, Will Smith. If you want to get crazier than that, you can. So you're in Yarmo Kekaline seat, which way are you going?
2: So I know I'm supposed to be the GM here, but, uh, I can't do what I want to do because of the direction Columbus has taken this off season. They're obviously pushing it all in. And even though I would take Meechkov Columbus is not a team in the top five in a position to take Meechkov because they're very clearly uh, interested in short-term gains here. So they're going to be looking for the most immediate help they can get at pick three. And In this scenario, it actually lines up at a position of need as well with, you know, a potential top line center. I think Columbus would go uh,
1: Carlson here. Leo Carlson at third overall to Columbus for more of the immediacy. Uh, I'm drafting fourth overall for the San Jose Sharks. And I've seen some suggestions to the contrary, but for San Jose, this is a team that has runway. Uh, a new GM situation over there for the most part. They, they, they're they understanding that they can be patient. I just can't see a better situation uh, for them than to grab maybe the second most talented player in the draft in Matvey Michkov and being willing to wait those uh, three years. So uh, San Jose is going to be thrilled that Miechkoff is going to fall to them uh, after Columbus takes Carlson. So the Sharks get the Russian. Montreal, Prashanth, which way are you going?
3: You know, this is probably the the last of the players that's in that top five, I think, you know, tier that most are pretty sure is gonna be shuffled in some fashion. So I think for Montreal, it's it's relatively straightforward here. You take Will Smith. Um, you know, if you look at what Montreal's missing the most of right now, they don't really have a lot of center depth um, you know, available to them. Will Smith's a high end elite talent, you know, elite playmaker. Absolutely fits in for what they're looking to do.
1: And Will Smith is off the board. So that is kind of the bonafide top five. Uh, Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Miechkoff, and Will Smith in that order. I want to take a beat here. How does everyone feel about that? Is there any kind of, I don't want to say is there any possibility. We know there is. What do you think the probability that a Reinbacher comes in or a Dvorsky comes in or someone comes in to disrupt this top five in all reality? And Max, this might be best posed to you because you were just at the combine.
0: I think the chances are good that that will not be the top five because I, I think Michkov will make it past there. Um, I don't disagree with the pick though. Like I, I think that's what I would do if I were San Jose too. Um, but I think for all those teams, like there's the real consideration that has to be made um, with their jobs on the line. Right. And, and, you know, when you're looking at San Jose, it's, you know, Michkov versus Smith. And I think you can still argue Smith is close enough to take Smith probably not what i would do but it, again it's easy for me to say here you know bet nothing on it right um Montreal, it does not sound like is all that eager to take mischkov um reporting from my colleagues has been definitely led you to that conclusion so i i think Mitchkov will be on the board uh beyond the top five and that means one of those two guys or somebody else creeps into there that's just my guess though
1: all right, uh, the Arizona Coyotes, Max. This is you. This is a team also in flux. If they're going to remain the Arizona Coyotes, we don't know. So, who's going to maybe wear the Kachina one day?
0: David Reinbacher. Um I, I think that you look at what Arizona's done the past couple drafts. They've they have used their early picks. They traded up to add Connor Geeky after taking Logan Cooley last year. Um, they've taken Dylan Genther. They just traded away Jacob Chikrin, so I think uh, you have to look at them and, and the opportunity to get the potential best defenseman in the class here. Corey Pradman, our prospect writer, made an awesome point to me last week that you know the, the Swiss League has gotten better, and when you look at you know what Rheinbacher did in the Swiss League, if we were talking about a draft eligible out of the SHL, it was a six foot two mobile right shot defenseman who had just put up twenty two points in forty six games we would be talking about like a, a Rasmus Dalin kind of thing, right? I'm not saying that the Swiss league is the SHL, but it's probably closer to that than it has been before. Even I think if we were talking about a defender out of like the Finnish league, I think we might be talking about those kind of terms. Um I know everyone has kind of different opinions on Reinbacher, but I think when you square that with what we've seen from him in the tools, uh, I think that becomes a, a pretty good bet for Arizona.
1: David Reinbacher, the first defenseman off the board, uh, this is a pick that, you know, whenever we do pure ranking mocks, uh, especially on, on the Winged Wheel podcast, we have a tendency to ignore the defenseman for the top 10 and knowing that we're wrong. So this is a lot more grounded in reality. Speaking of being wrong, Brad, uh, Philly, seventh overall, which way are you going for uh, Danny Breer's Flyers?
2: Well, it's interesting because the Flyers are just Entering the
1: rebuild with
2: a not so strong prospect pool, um, not a ton of depth at any one position, a whole new management team and a new philosophy. So it's really hard to get a beat on what they're looking for, what they're thinking, what they want, what their top priority is. But every once in a while, a player just matches up with an organization and a team with the history of Philly and, you know, just the city of Philadelphia and he's arguably the best player available right now. This just screams Ryan Leonard to me. He he would like, he just feels like a flyer. So if he's still available at this point, which is a big if, I, I could absolutely see Philly taking him here. And if I were Danny Breer, I would.
1: That's tough um, because I know you're exactly right in that Philly. That's the MO right there. Mean can get the job done. Uh, Max, you were saying Ryan Leonard is looking like he's in extremely good shape coming into the draft combine and coming into the draft. This is a guy that's built for Philly and and keeping their, their vision. Uh, but I'm pissed off because that's who I wanted for, uh, Washington at eighth overall. So I think if the board after the top five goes Reinbach or Leonard, there's a few different directions. Washington can go here. Uh, I know Zach Benson's going to be the first one off a lot of people's boards. I know Brad, you're really big on Zach Benson. Uh, But I'm a big Dalibor Dvorsky guy as time goes on, and I think Dalibor Dvorsky is less and less likely to make it to the Red Wings at ninth overall the more I think about it. So I think the Caps are going to go for uh, uh, Dvorsky here, especially after the big U18 tournament that he had. All right, first big one. ninth overall, Prashanth, you're going to make the pick for the Red Wings, but then we're all going to chime in with who he would take, or who we would take. So for reference, in order, the draft board so far is Bedard, Ventilli, Carlson, Michkov, Will Smith, David Reinbacher, Ryan Leonard, and Dalibor Dvorsky. What are you doing, Prashant?
3: I think if the board breaks like this, this is something where the wings could do one of like seven things here, and I would not be surprised. You know, there's some – Obviously, there's the talented wingers still available. Um, you know, Benson will likely be on the wing. Samuel Hansik, Brad's favorite player, you know, that I'm, I'm debating taking just for the – uh the, the, sh- the sheer enthusiasm. And then obviously, you know, you've still got some talented centers and Oliver Moore and Nate Danielson. Um, and then there's you can't rule out defense. Um, as much as we talk about the wings being uh, kind of set on the left side of defense, you know, a guy like Dmitry Simashev doesn't surprise me as being a pick here, particularly when you consider the opportunity cost of really three or four top end defensemen that probably have a first round grade this year. Um, if you have a chance to get one of those four and then pick at 17, you know, maybe you have a shot. Um, that being said, if I was in charge, I would be picking Oliver Moore. However, I'm not in charge. It is Steve Eisenman in charge. And so I think he's going to end up going with a bigger winger. And I think in this case, he ends up going Sam Hanzik.
1: Oh, my God. I i think that's 50% to uh to drive the dagger into Brad, but that was actually pretty surprising. Sam Hanzik. Uh thoughts on that pick and then your own pick, Max. Go ahead.
0: Are people gonna boo me if I say Simeshev? Because I really do think there's <laughs> there's such a you know a premium there with a the defenseman. I, it could be Willander. I guess I will say Nate Danielson. Um because I do think that the appeal of coming out of The draft and knowing that your future center setup includes Larkin, Casper, Danielson, Cop, one of those guys flex to the wing. I think it'll be Cop by the time those other two are there. I think you're just in a really good position at that point. I don't think at that point you have to ask Dylan Larkin to be, you know, a superstar into his thirties because you're so deep and and you can, I think, run the way that, um, that we've always said it would take to have with, with, with Larkin as kind of your best center to, to have, you know, proverbially, three of him. So I will say Nate Danielson for that reason, but I have to say uh, the two defensemen would tempt me a lot too.
1: Brad, uh, other than actually being the one to first boo Max for that, because I know, <laughs> I think, what am I joking? He's already characters. done it to
0: me. He's already done it to me live. It, it for like 15 minutes at a, at a dinner. He just was no, no, no. <laughs>
1: just to be clear, actually,
3: also Ryan, f- I would have picked Simichev second after Hanseg. So. Just to be clear, I am there with Max.
1: I want you guys to know that it took Brad uh, a while to buy a house because uh, all of his money was going to 18 the athletic accounts just so he could boo Max with like 18 different pseudonyms in his comments. Yeah, he was just
0: Venmoing me three cent increments to just boo in the memo line.
1: (laughs) All right, Brad, uh, who are you picking if you're the Red Wings here? Uh, I'm assuming it's not Hans, or Simashev.
2: It's definitely not either of those two. And I know about a week ago on the pod, we talked about the Red Wings having the world of depth and the world of middle six forwards and just lacking top end talent. And I understand the risk that comes with, you know, swinging for the fences at pick nine. Cause if you miss, you miss having a second first round pick eases that a little bit and having an already deep prospect pool kind of eases that risk a little bit, although it's still a very significant risk. Because if all goes according to plan, this should hopefully be the Red Wings' last top 10 pick for a while. Unless they get some lottery luck. Like It better be, let's be honest. Uh, I'm not saying it will be, but it should be. Um, and, you know, I, I've got no problems with Hansik as Simashev as players, but I don't like their ceiling at 9. And that's what it comes down to for me. I, I'd be perfectly fine with either of them at 17. Um I I just don't see that first line upside, first pair upside with either of them. And of course, Max alluded to it earlier, which is a great point. Nobody saw that with Cider either. So just because I don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I can always be proven wrong. It's happened before. It'll happen again. But, you know, Oliver Moore, I think, has a higher ceiling than people give him credit for. So I'm with Prashant when he originally brought Oliver Moore up, especially the Red Wings are generally a slow team. And Oliver Moore is a center. So there's a lot of need. With the ceiling there. I mean, Gabe Pro Zach Benson would be intriguing. I think even Matthew Wood should get some consideration here just because of that, you know, Tage Thompson-esque potential there, not saying he will be. Um, that all being said, with Benson and Pro ceiling being super high, I think I do go more here because he's probably of the high ceiling players that I see here, he's probably the one with the highest floor as well. And the centerman part of it being a huge premium that's probably where I would go if the draft board broke the way it did
1: loathe though I am to do it I think I ultimately agree with Brad um thinking about Detroit center lineup for for a lot of the same reasons but just I mean a different path to get there is what Max said you know is Dylan Larkin a top five center in the NHL no but you can win with him as as your top center as long as you have really strong support behind him I think Danielson's a great you know, uh, potential player to do so. And I think in a different flavor, Oliver Moore is the same thing. That kind of speed down the middle allows you to, to kind of reshape the Red Wings lineup. They do lack foot speed right now. I do think there is more ceiling uh, to Oliver Moore. We were talking about it before we hit record. I think the floor, I, 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 where I differ from Brad is I do agree that the floor on Moore is lower. I'm more worried about a whiff there, but that kind of speed, that kind of uh, positionality, which is a centerman, which is what Detroit needs, everything that he brings. We saw what he did uh, with the USNTDP. not the flashiest player on the team, but still brought quite a bit if you look below the surface a little bit. I can't say no to that. And it also affords you a little bit of leeway between him and Casper. I mean, if one really emerges as your 2C, then great. You still have a really fantastic fantastic option at 3c or maybe one of them explodes in a big way and all of a sudden Larkin isn't the bonafide 1c you never know so i'm leaning positionality here and Moore is still the most uh uh, attractive player in my mind for detroit there but the other centers definitely make it a conversation um and there's no i mean we we haven't picked zach benson here he's kind of a wild card for me but you could not go wrong with him at this spot either and i know a lot of gms would love him at ninth overall so who's actually off the board hanzik Hanzik is off the board. Okay. Yeah. So I mean,
3: you know, agreeing with all you guys, right. I would have taken more, more would have been my pick if I am picking exclusively, but you know, just kind of following what I think the wings board is going to look like. I don't see more as being one of the top two. I honestly think at this point with the way it broke, it's Hanzik and then Simashev would be my best guess. I think there's a real chance they give more 17. I really do.
1: I don't disagree. Yeah. I think you're right. I think uh, I'll, I think the big bodies are moving up the board. I think Willander is a player who's moving up the board. There's a lot of players. I think Sandin Pelica is probably going to factor in uh, another guy who's going to push more down. So, yeah, I don't think you're wrong, Max. I just don't have the, the big brass ones to wait on more to try to grab him at 17, not with this bunch in the room. Okay, uh, St. Louis Blues have the 10th overall pick. Uh, Max, other than trading with Detroit, because that's seemingly what D- uh, St. Louis does, uh, who are you taking at 10th overall?
0: I assume I can't take your big brass ones a 10th overall.
1: <laughs> no, no, those are a second round rated. You can't do that for, for St. Louis.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, I need a Patreon uh, subscriber to change their uh, a name level to change their name to Ryan Hannah's big brass ones for me.
1: Then, <laughs> If I did the kind of editing that gave like the preview of the, the episode before the episode actually started, that would be <laughs> it right there. Or the line you had pre-show where you said, if there's one thing about me, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) sweat.
0: That's just true. That's just true. Uh, I'll just make the Nate Danielson pick here then for St. Louis. I kind of would like to get a D for them. So I considered actually, honestly, all the same guys that I just talked about for Detroit, Uh, which makes sense because Doug Armstrong and Steve Eisenman hang out a lot. Um but uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Danielson bolster the center depth a little bit and and just another kind of core player that they're they're betting on some speed there recently in St. Louis and Danielson has that.
1: I didn't ask you after you you made the Danielson pick for the Red Wings hypothetically, what do you think his ultimate ceiling is, Max?
0: I don't know. I, I but I think it's just there's a lot of my biggest fear in it, and I put this in a story today, is that it might be a little redundant to Casper, you know, like but I think it's totally plausible that he's like a 60-point two-way center, and that's a top 10 pick all day. Um, If he's a 50-point two-way center, I think like, okay, maybe you're like a little itchier, but I don't know who's like a sure thing more valuable than a 50-point two-way center uh, personally. Like, I, I don't think it's a lock that more is that. I don't think it's a lock that like Willander or Simashev, who are the two guys I consider next to it, like bring that much value. Um I think there's a good chance they do, but – I think there's a good chance Danielson is that too. So that's kind of my logic. Like it might be a little redundant to Casper is my fear, but we know the Red Wings like that player type. And I think there's just huge value in having a stable of centers. That's just kind of, and I think that's the same logic for St. Louis who has Robert Thomas obviously already, but you know, why are you going to turn down another one, especially, you know, who's eight years younger than Thomas.
2: Also, this pick has the added benefit of, danielson getting drafted by the blues and then becoming a red wing in four to five years that's right that's right
0: we we do need to make that caveat we make there's gonna be three blues picks in this first round so all of them are future red wings anyway
1: all right uh brad you are drafting drafting for the vancouver canucks you are sitting often in the seat of gms who are absolute wild cards so what are the canucks doing as an organization here
2: Honestly, I'm not going to overthink this one. The Canucks just got rid of Bo Horvat. This organization's in trouble everywhere. Uh, they they could use another 200 foot center with some offensive upside. And I just, you know, talked about how much I love the guy. So 11th overall to the Vancouver Canucks, Oliver Moore.
1: All right, Oliver Moore is officially off the board. I know you said Max that uh, there's a potential he falls to 17. Again, I agree. I think there is a chance, but. I also would not be surprised if he is like the immediate pick after the Red Wings if they don't take him. Uh, Arizona is in need of everything. They have Ottawa's pick here. This was the trade for Chikrin that left the Coyotes with 12th overall. Like Brad, I'm not going to overthink this one. I think if they see Zach Benson and that kind of offensive talent on the board, team needs a lot. I think they overperformed last season, but they have a long way to go to be competitive. Uh, And Zach Zach Benson's offensive ability is going to be... uh, you know, they're going to be running to the stage for that one. All right. So Benson's off the board, Buffalo savers at 13 Prashant. What are you doing?
3: Well, Buffalo's got, I mean, they've had a hell of a run the last few years in the draft. And so they're, they're pretty well stocked up front. You know, they still have to graduate Paterka to the big league team. But other than that, I mean, between Jack Quinn, Dylan cousins, and, and, you know, Tasia's breakout, they are uh, quite loaded up front. So I think the pick here would actually go towards the back end because uh, if you look, the left side looks pretty good with Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power, but on the right side, uh, they don't really have a lot available. And so I think, you know, you're you're between uh, Sandine Pelica here and Simashev, and I think they probably lean Sandine Pelica here.
1: Love that pick for Buffalo. Always seems to be a team that picks really intelligently. Um, I think Sandine Pelica is one of my favorite two favorite defensemen in the draft. Uh, or at least in the first round. So, yeah, Sabres take Axel Sandin-Pelka. Uh,
2: on, all right. Hold on. We had a chance there to give the Buffalo Sabres another G. Perot, and we didn't do it. Oh,
1: the jerseys would have been great.
3: The jerseys would have been great. I was not thinking French Connection, but, you know, I should have been thinking that.
1: As the resident dweeb, Brad is always, he always has his mind on that. So thanks, Brad. Uh, Max. You're Kyle Dubas. What are you doing for the Penguins?
0: Thanking uh, Prashant for leaving Gabe Perot there for me, because as the, as the Penguins transition uh, to the, the twilight years of the crosby Malkin era, uh, Gabe Perot probably makes it just in time for maybe their – the window might already be closed, honestly. But he gives them a really high upside player uh, to build around for the future, and, and there's a chance that he gets there in time to, to really help them. Um, this picks really interesting. I mean, Pittsburgh might want to consider trading up or down, either up to try to get somebody who's going to help those guys win sooner or down because they have decimated their, uh, you know, stable of, of draft capital over the last several years. So, um, I'm going to make the pick and pick Perot, but I think this is a, a ripe for
1: trade spot. That seems like a Kyle Dubas pick though. If they were to make it Perot does stand out to me as that kind of player. All right, uh, Brad, with Perot just off the board, you're drafting for Barry Trotz and the Nashville Predators.
2: Well, I've referenced his quote lately of you can get you know third liners and second pair of D all day and every day, but he wants his scouts to find someone who will pull them out of their seats, and there is a guy who has that potential sitting here. I I, I kind of want to pass on him just to see if he makes it to Detroit at 17, but I can't in good conscience. Uh, so Nashville here is going to take from the University of Connecticut, Matthew Wood.
1: And this is my penance for willingly moving myself behind Brad in a draft. Matthew Wood is off the board and as Brad noted, this is one of those big swing, high ceiling, low floor kind of players that could be a massive boom if he hits and that goes to the Natural Predators at 15. Uh, 16th for the Calgary Flames. That's a tough one. Um I think there's a lot of different ways you can go here. I'm not really thinking about the the Flames' need positionally. I think Tom Willander does not go this far down the draft. So I think this is a BPA thing. They take the right shot defenseman out of Sweden. I know a lot of Red Wings fans are saying this is a prototypical Red Wings pick, and I, I do agree. And I think, Max, you have a lot of words on that one, too. But uh, I, I just don't see Willander going that far down. So I'll draft Willander for the Calgary Flames. All right. Uh, 17th overall this is detroit's pick they got it from the island or they got it from vancouver which was uh, originally the islanders pick from the bohorvat trade same as ninth overall prashanth you make the pick and then we'll all chime in with what we've done or what we would do and again to reiterate the board in order so far is bedard Fantilli, carlson michkov will smith reinbacher leonard dvorsky hanzik to detroit at nine danielson moore benson sandin pelika perot wood and willander Rashanth, what are you doing?
3: Well, I mean, at nine, I was saying that my guess is Iserman's top two, if the board had broken that first eight, was uh, going to be Hanzik and then Simashev. And we are now sitting here at 17, and so is Dmitry Simashev. And so I think for me, that's the pick I make here. I I do arguably think he, he has a shot to be the best defenseman out of this draft. I think he has gone – very much under the radar. Yes, he's a left shot defenseman, but two years ago you were saying the wings shouldn't draft right shot defenseman because they had so many, you never know how the roster is going to sh- to shape up. You never know how things are going to turn around. And so I think he's, he's arguably the best player available here. The backup in this case, uh, in my opinion would be Colby Barlow. Cause I think he absolutely fits what the wings are missing with that kind of high volume goal, you know, goal scoring capacity, and my only reservations are i'd like to see him you know find ways to get a little bit in tighter to the net and not rely on that shot so much
1: all right uh in this version of brad welcome to hell detroit's two picks are hanzek and simashev but uh, brad you'll have your day in court first we're going to talk to max what first what do you think of the simashev pick and then what do you do at 17th overall
0: Yeah, I've got a big blue button on my desk that just says Simashev in white writing. So I am smashing the Simashev button uh, and co-signing every word that Prashanth just said, including the backup pick being Barlow.
1: All right, that's two for Simashev. Brad, have at it.
2: I mean, I'm not saying this is my nightmare, but we're pretty close to it versus what's available in this draft. Again, I really like both players and I I. Don't disagree with what's been said about both players. I agree with Prashant that there's a good chance Simashev comes out of this draft as the best player, uh, best defenseman. Um, I don't think this draft has, you know, a a ton of elite defensemen, so that's not exactly setting the highest bar per se. Um, I have Simashev as, you know, maybe a really good number three, possibly a number two guy. Um, which at 17 would be phenomenal value. Don't get me wrong. Um, Hansik, again, limited upside. Don't see him being a first liner. Again, would love to be wrong. But for a team that struggles to score goals as mightily as the Detroit Red Wings do, and when you look at the prospect system, where when you look at who do they have coming up that can actually fill the net regularly, is there anybody outside of Carter Mazur? So... Coming away without a, a true goal scoring threat with picks nine and seventeen, like would be concerning for me, just because that's the organ forget positions. That is just the organization's biggest flaw, top to bottom, no matter where you look in the system in Grand Rapids and Detroit. It's a problem and and the, these two picks haven't addressed it really. I know Hansik's got good offensive upside, but and they, uh, Max and Prashanth both mentioned Colby Barlow, who I, who might be my pick here, um, just because he's the best goal scorer left on the board. I also, just because he's a center and again, with an elite shot, I'd probably take a hard look at Braden Jaeger here as well. Um, I know he had a bit of a down year statistically, but I, I still really like his game and he's not huge, but he competes, he battles, he can skate. He's, he feels like a Steve Eiserman type, so I could see it happening. Um, but yeah, I, I this pick for me would be Barlow or Jaeger if the board broke like this.
1: I'm gonna mark you down as uh, Barlow, Brad, because I don't like agreeing with you this much, uh, and that's because I want to go with Braden Jaeger for the exact reason that you mentioned—the goal-scoring attribute there for me. I understand with Braden Jaeger, he's—I think the last time I checked your Draft Stock app, Prashanth, which I'll link to the uh, in the description of this episode. Jaeger started the year or his basically draft evaluation higher than where he is now. Um, I know we were talking about him at nine once we started doing these profiles. I think if you have an option to take that kind of goal scoring potential at 17, you you'd do that if you're the Red Wings, especially if at pick nine. I don't want I, I don't think Hanzek has a low ceiling, for example, but two cracks at a guy who could turn out to be way more beneficial uh, for your offense uh, in a big way is exactly the exactly the way you'd go. What I will add to this, though, is I spend a lot of time looking at Semichev, Willander, Danielson, guys who are kind of really looked down on as you know uh, potential Red Wings picks because everyone is really obsessed with with swinging for the moon, and we're probably big drivers of that. Like we're guilty of of bringing that conversation forward, and I can't disagree with what you guys said about Semichev. I, I think. If you can get an everyday number three defenseman at 17 in the draft, oh my God, GMs are fighting each other to get to that stage. Uh, but with the board as it is, I'm going to go with Brayden Jaeger here. All right, so that is Shev actually off the board. Max, you're drafting for Kevin Sheveldayoff in the Winnipeg Jets 18th overall.
0: Um, I guess I will take... Well, okay, let me recalibrate with who's actually off the board here since we've just made so many different picks. I think I think Jaeger then becomes their guy. Um, they're going to have to do such a rebooted rebuild um, that I think you just need all the offense and all the, the scoring you can get. If he plays center, that's a bonus. Um, that's who I'm going with.
1: All right, Braden Jaeger off the board to the Winnipeg Jets. Brad, for the Chicago Blackhawks at 19th overall, uh, and that pick originally belonged to Tampa Bay.
2: uh. Chicago, God, I, like, there's no overthinking this. This is they're just the best player available team because they, well, they're the Chicago Blackhawks. So, um, I again, I'm not gonna overthink this one. I'm gonna go Colby Barlow. When you get a guy who can shovel pucks into the net the way he can, and you're sitting here at pick 19, feels like you got to take this swing,
1: yeah. And you know what? I'd be pretty surprised if Cor- Colby Barlow fell this far in the draft in, in all reality for the reason Brad just said he he gets it done. Um, I'm looking at the board here for Seattle at 20, um, and I'm kind of surprised to see uh, Shala's name there. This might be where people start to look at Callum Ritchie. Otto Stenberg is going to be in a lot of people's minds, but I'm going to go Edward Shala, the winger for Seattle at 20th overall. Minnesota 21, Prashanth.
3: Yeah. Minnesota's got a lot of options here. They got the best prospect pool in the, in the league, in my opinion. And so for me, I think I'm probably just going to lean, uh, you know, close to the best player still available. You know, you just took the guy that I was thinking there. And so I think I'll, I'll probably go Cal Ritchie here. Um, I think he does have a lot more potential. He had a decent U18s. I think. Uh, what max i think he came out of the combine that he had a separated shoulder basically the whole season uh if i remember correctly uh separated at the Holinka at the beginning of the year and still played through it and so you know he's a guy that i think has more to give than what we really saw
1: all right there goes callum Ritchie. uh max you're drafting for the philadelphia flyers the pick originally belonged to la at 22nd overall
0: Remind me, what did Philly do with the earlier pick?
1: Philly uh, took Ryan Leonard at 7th overall. Okay. Um,
0: that makes it tough, because I think I would have liked to take Daniil Boot here, but I don't know if I can give him two wingers when they need so much. And I think David Edstrom is a pretty solid option for them. Probably a middle 6 center, but... He said at the Combine he didn't meet with Detroit at the Combine, which I think is hilarious when you think about a, a six-foot-three uh, center from Forlunda, of all places. Uh, but he did say that he didn't meet with them at the Combine. He said he met with their uh, their Swedish scout back in Sweden. And I don't, I don't think it means anything that he didn't meet with them at the Combine. In fact, if anything, my first thought was like, are they trying to hide some interest in this guy? But he did say that. Uh, nevertheless, uh I'm taking Edstrom for, uh, for Philly here, but I just wanted to throw that innocent aside.
1: What's that red dot floating on your chest, Max? <laughs> <laughs> David Edstrom off the board to Philly uh, as Max spills all of Detroit's secrets. Brad, uh, for the New York Rangers, 23rd overall. Which way are you going here?
2: Well, um, I'm glad... Mac, I'm glad I took a winger for the Flyers so it made Max rethink it. So I can sit here and take Daniel Boot because when you get a 6 foot 5 winger with this kind of talent in in the mid 20s it it feels kind of obvious. So, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give
1: Daniel to the Rangers. Daniel Boot off the board. Another one where this is maybe a little bit lower than how uh, where he actually is going to go, but you never know. There's going to be lot of drops in this draft, especially with the amount of talent. I mean, even through pick 23, my goodness, to get someone of Daniel Booth's uh, ability, that doesn't happen every draft. I'm going to go against my better judgment here, and I'm going to lean a little bit into what does this team want? I'm probably making a mountain out of a molehill here, but Barry Trotz had that line of, you know, go out and find me players. You can get depth players anywhere, but we want some real, real talent. I don't know that he meant Andrew Crystal. I have massive, massive concerns about his skating, uh, but I've seen him mocked there before. I think it was actually maybe your mock, Max, that I read most recently that had Crystal going to Nashville at 24. And if for if you have two first-round picks, it makes sense to me to, to swing on one of them. So Barry Trotz, also big brass ones, is going to go Andrew Crystal here at 24th overall. Am I insane?
0: No, that, um, that was in the mock with me, Prominent and Wheeler. Wheeler made that pick, but I do get the logic of like the Barry Trotz swing thing. I'm skeptical that he's going to go in the first round, but I don't think it's crazy when you consider that.
1: For the record, I don't know that I'd necessarily take the risk for Detroit, but I would sure love to see another team take it because it's fun. All right, Prashanth, uh, for the St. Louis Blues, the pick originally belonged to, uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who are you taking at 25th overall?
3: Yeah, so i got to be thinking about future Red Wing prospects here. Um, You know, St. Louis is in a tough spot. They they really need a lot. Um, They had a decent class last year. I think for me, probably lean just the highest offensive upside player left and take Quentin Musty. Uh, You know, give him – I mean, he's he's definitely a guy that a lot of people have opinions on, but I think he's been on the radar for a couple years now, and if everything breaks for him, you've got a hell of a hockey player.
1: All right, Quentin Musty off the board, uh, 25th overall, 26th for San Jose, originally belonging to New Jersey. Max.
0: Yeah, the Sharks are going to take Tanner Molendyke. I think uh, for the skating here, they, you know, the Sharks, again, need a little bit of everything in this. They get Mitchkov early, so I think uh, taking a D here and taking a swing on a player who I think uh, is is pretty exciting to watch. Um, again, smaller defenseman—you just never know—but I think at this point in the draft, you can take a swing on a guy who skates like this uh, and and feel pretty good about it. All
1: right, one of the uh, one—that's uh, a name that's going to have a lot of people googling, but has been popping up a little bit more and more for the reasons you stated, Max. So uh, an interesting one, Brad, for the Colorado Avalanche at twenty seventh overall.
2: Colorado's a team that's in a position to take some swings for obvious reasons because they're good now and they're going to be good for a while so they can definitely go for a ceiling type pick here and for me they're going to take Jaden Perron from the Chicago
1: Steel Jaden Perron that's a lot of uh, a lot of Red Wings fan have his name fans have his name in the second round with one of their three consecutive picks. Um, maybe one of the more interesting one. What is? What do you guys think on that topic of Perron as a potential Red Wings second round pick if he makes it there?
3: I have no earthly idea where this guy is going to go. If you look at, I mean, you know, just because I've been tracking draft rankings for the entire season, right? So I've got seventy two different draft rankings in this uh, draft stock app. If you look at just the last four that have come out, he's ranked anywhere from twelfth to eighty eighth. I have no idea where he is going to be, okay? So he he's definitely a, a very talented player, you know, when you watch him. Again, obviously the the natural size questions will be here. He's five foot 960 pounds, but he he's an incredibly talented offensive player. and if you if you're able to pull him, Chicago has been a tremendous um, kind of development team, if you will, in the USHL in recent years. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that have come out of Chicago have been absolutely phenomenal hockey players. So you can definitely like the pedigree there. But I, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would take him there. But you may even be able to get him in the fourth round. Who knows?
1: All right. So that's uh, Jaden Perron to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I have Toronto's 28th overall pick, originally belonging to Boston. The board's really open here, and so I'm, I'm not really narrowing down as to what the team. Uh, is most likely to do, or what they'd want to do necessarily, but I'm watching Otto Stenberg's name, and I just don't think he's a guy that's going to get out of the first round, so uh, the Swedish uh, forward out of Forlunda, I'm going to go Otto Stenberg to the Leafs. All right, St. Louis, 29th overall, originally belonging to the Dallas Stars, uh, seemingly their 100th pick in the first round, uh, Prashanth.
3: Yeah. You know, back with St. Louis, we already previewed them a little bit. Obviously, it's got to be a future Red Wing. They have a lot of needs. Uh, defense is probably a need that I would have wanted to address at 25. But with Musty on the board, I don't think I could pass him up. I think here my favorite defenseman left is Mikhail Guglyyev, uh, out of Russia. I think he can be a very deny- dynamic defenseman. Again, opinions range for him all over the place from a mid first round grade all the way into you know, kind of latter half of the second round but I think here uh with your third pick in the first round he offers you the highest upside uh, of any of the remaining defensemen in my opinion.
1: So you're taking Golyev or Musty?
3: I already took Musty at 25. So oh, I got oh, Golyev here at 29, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That counts Max. That's the energy of Evan right in this room.
0: Honestly, I thought I was about to get musty for Carolina at thirty, so it, it was pretty <laughs> Evanish of me.
1: So uh, close. That's cool you have off the board. All right, you're Carolina, Max. Which way are you going?
0: Uh Carolina will take mm, Max. Gavin no Grim- Michigan
1: boys. Yeah, I was gonna say
3: no Michigan boys left on the board, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> not that's not because of that, but I do think uh carolina a good fit for that I, I think gavin brindley would be a great rob brindamore player all the motor all the speed he will forecheck he's he's five nine but he is a strong player got enough skill i think he fits that carolina archetype honestly draft history says gavin Brindley's the kind of guy that falls to carolina in the second uh mysteriously but uh i'll take him here in the first
1: all right brindley so Care, sorry the montreal canadians from the florida panthers and if i'm not mistaken that is courtesy of ben charat so uh a little cyclical here and relevant for red wings podcast brad who are you taking at 31 to replace ben Sherratt. To replace ben Sherat.
2: how could we ever so uh, i'm not going to take a defenseman to replace ben charat um again montreal a team that could use some more high-end talent um They've got multiple picks. We're late in the first round. Again, another team that's in a position to maybe take a riskier pick with uh, some bigger upside. I mean, at this point in the draft, I feel like that's just about everybody, but they're going to go from Penticton, the Penticton Vs, Bradley Nadeau.
1: Bradley Nadeau out of Penticton to uh, Montreal. And that leaves me with pick 32, for the Vegas Golden Knights and we're assuming this is based on just the Stanley Cup final as it is right now if Florida comes and does what Florida's done already these playoffs then obviously we'll have to switch this up but for Vegas at 32 again boards wide open I see Riley Height as a guy who maybe could slip into the second round but is probably going to be attractive to a lot of teams and you can't he's a pretty highly rated uh player by some folks not the biggest guy but uh yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Riley Height. I'm not going to overthink it for Vegas.
0: Are we just going to ignore that Brad just made a pick in total Bradley solidarity based on
2: sheer Bradley, on un- bradley No, fives. technically, I'm I'm irritated with him because he spells it wrong.
1: Ah. Yeah, he's missing the E, yeah. right? He's
2: missing the E. Well, it's not his fault. It's his parents' fault. So I'm <laughs> mad at his parents for misspelling a very easy and common name.
0: If the Red Wings pick him. In the second round, will you for one week change your Twitter display name to be spelled Bradley like that and Crisco K R Y S K E A U? You
1: have to. I should. I definitely should. You have to. All right. Whatever levers we can pull with the Red Wings, we need to make this happen. That's 32 picks in the first round. We are going to go through Detroit's uh, three second round picks, which is through pick 43. But just to reiterate the way this first round mock went. Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Michkov, Smith, Reinbacher, Leonard, Dvorsky, Hanzek, Danielson, Moore, Benson, Sandine, Pelika, Perot, Wood, Willander, Simas- Simashev, Jaeger, Barlow, Shala, Ritchie, Edstrom, Boot, Crystal, Musty, Molendijk, Peron, Stenberg, Guliaev, Brinley, Nadeau, and Riley, Height. Prashanth, you are drafting 33rd overall. Actually, let's quickly recap. Any surprises in that first round? Guys who dropped, guys who didn't get taken, you know, big reaches?
3: Honestly, no. I I thought that was a relatively balanced first round. Um, I didn't think anything was shocking there. I will make the note that no goalies went in the first round, nor should they in this draft. None of them deserve to be in the first round. However, it would not surprise me if one did go in the first round, um, either Michael Rabel or, you know, uh, Bjarnason or one of those guys might end up going on the first round.
0: I think we were light on D overall. Um, one guy at the combine, Dan Marr, the head of central scouting said that Etienne Moran is his fate, maybe his favorite D in the draft. Um, surprises me because he's not rated as the top D on central scouting's list, but Nonetheless, that maybe tells me that's a guy who's gonna go a little higher than we're projecting.
3: Oliver Bonk, too.
1: Yeah. Yes,
0: yep. And savage, maybe even, right? So I think all three of those guys could go in the in the first round, even though we didn't project him too.
1: Okay. Let's start the second round here. Thirty-third overall, the Anaheim Ducks. Prashanth, which way are you going?
3: If you're gonna let me take a big six foot three center, that can uh I you know, can move I'm gonna take Charlie Strammel out of uh, Wisconsin. I don't think he had the greatest of years that he was open to have, but that Wisconsin team is a disaster uh hopefully it gets better, but he's got all the tools and the size and everything you want. If you're
0: Detroit and you are have you know the night to think on this and the night to put together a trade proposal, and you know you've been pushed around to the degree that they have. Would you trade up? F- to hear for Charlie Stramel, or even to one of those last couple of picks of the first round to try to take him.
1: I have no problem with that.
2: I, I don't think it's worth it at this point, just because the way the board's breaking and honestly, not even the way the board's breaking, just the depth of this draft, there's still five to eight names on the board that really intrigue me. So even though you're right and I agree, they could use a player like Charlie Stramel. I don't think it's worth extra assets moving up. You can, uh, if muscle and strength is an issue, you can fix that in other ways. Whereas you can walk away with these three picks with what looks like three very good prospects. The
0: thing about Stramold, though, right, is it's 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 muscle and strength, and it's also guy who might have been a top ten pick if the draft had been held on September first, right? Like you, I'm not saying that he's still that guy. But when I watched him at the World Junior camps, so I was like, okay, 6'3, skates well, has some skill. Like, you know, people can say what they want about like uh, you know, Michael Rasmussen or whatever, but like it, it, you would kill to get Michael Rasmussen in the 30s, right? Like yeah. I, and I think there's a good chance that Charlie Strammel I don't know that he quite gets. There. I think Rasmussen might be a smarter player, um, but Strammel might be meaner. And so, I don't know, like a 40-point guy who has yeah, I, I'm not saying he's a lock to be, but like there's a good chance he can be a 40 point guy with some violence to his game. I think that's pretty appealing.
3: I think he's definitely interesting. For me, though, it goes back to what Brad said because not that he's the exact same type of player, but Danny Nelson's another six foot three center that is still figuring out the offense. Oh, did we ready. let him out of the first? Yeah. Danny he's Nelson's not in the, yeah. there. Can you shut so, up,
1: please, Prashanth?
3: <laughs> I no, just have to ahead. point it out, right? I mean, it's another six foot three center that. He's just transitioned to playing forward like this guy used to play defense. And so as he figures things out, he's another guy that so for that reason alone, if the board's breaking that way, I'm not I'm not trading up because I potentially have a shot at him.
1: A vote in Max's favor here, though, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast a little bit. Three consecutive second round picks is a lot. And that's it's not a bad thing. Don't let me don't be fooled into me framing this as a a, a bad thing. If you have a guy who you believe in, and if the board shakes out where Detroit goes, Hansik, uh Simashev, Hanzik could be a center, but as you noted, Max, he wants to play wing. If you take Hanzik, Simashev and you have a wealth, like you have a, a pretty packed uh, a prospect pool, you're eventually going to have to move guys out. So I don't mind... Being a little spendy. Treat it like you just got your Christmas bonus. And if you really believe in Straymal as that guy. And he is what Max kind of projected him to be. Or could be as that 40 point center with an edge. Who skates reasonably well for his size. Then yeah I have no problem at all moving up for him. And I would almost say it's advisable. Um, Especially if you walk out of the first round. With no additional center depth. Or bona fide center depth with your first two picks. That's just my thinking. It is a little bit uh, trapped into. We're, we're seeing the lineup as it is today. Prashant, I thought your point earlier was poignant, which is don't be fooled by like the handedness and, and where it is now. I say it all the time, rosters change in an instant. Uh, but I really think the Red Wings need to get a center. So if they have a guy and they don't want to see him pass, then trade up to get your guy. All right, Max, uh, don't let me wax poetic too long. You're for Columbus at 34. Which way are you going?
0: Well, now that you've told me Danny Nelson's there, I'm going to take him. Uh, right. I I, I am this. very intrigued by him. Young player, uh, just you know, had played high school for so long, was playing defense for so long, and he comes in and he's the player of the game in the World U18 gold medal game at center. Uh, you know, I don't know that this is one where it's like some might say, yeah, but I don't know what the upside is. My counter would be, I don't think any of us know anything about what the upside might be for Danny Nelson because of how raw that is. I am uh, to quote uh, Dan Lebatard's father. I'm very intrigued.
1: All right. Uh, Max, I'll remember this when putting together your wedding gift, but he takes Danny Nelson. Uh, Brad, you're up next. That is 35th overall for Chicago. Once again, which way are you going?
2: Um, you know, when you get into the second round, I I almost throw positionality out the window. You're just kind of going best player available here and hoping, uh, for me here. And I, I think Prashant, I've heard you talk about this guy at length before. So I'm going with Oscar Fisker Molgard. Son of a bitch. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh i talked to him at the combine for like five minutes it was like talking to mo Sider when he was 18. careful careful he very very impressively with with us at the combine
1: great name oscar frisker Molgard is an excellent hockey name as well what do you call those uh the o's with the the strike through that would look great on a jersey i hope that translates to the nhl
0: you're gonna have a dm from lars Oh. At 4 a.m. tomorrow when he hears this.
1: Yeah, I absolutely, I'm asking for it from our overseas listeners. Um, name value here aside, I don't think uh, he actually goes. this uh, Maybe this is his range, but for the San Jose Sharks at 36 overall, uh, I'm going to go with Oliver Bonk. And uh, Bonk's mullet is going to go uh, or stay on the West Coast, so he's going to be able to watch his namesake in his time zone because he currently lives in Vancouver. So uh, Oliver Bonk, right D uh, to San Jose up next for the Montreal Canadiens Prashant 37th overall
3: Uh well I guess I will take the 3rd of the 6 foot 3 who knows what the upside is physical centers and Anton Wahlberg here for Montreal uh, I think he's probably the lowest upside of those 3 that we talked about in terms of Nelson Strammel, and him but I think he's a very interesting player that has a chance to to really do something if he can put it all together
1: All right, Anton Wahlberg. Uh, Max, you are for the Arizona Coyotes at 38th overall. And uh, to reiterate, they previously took uh, Zach Benson at 12 and David Reinbacher at 6.
0: Goalie time, Michael Harabal.
1: First goalie off the board. You don't make it too far into the second round. Do you think Harabal actually falls to the second in the draft?
2: Yeah,
0: I think so. I think he goes early in the second. Maybe somebody trades up for him in the second. But I don't think you never know with you know, it only takes one team, right? But I don't think it's like uh you know, if Jesper Wallstedt fell to twenty, feels like that's fine for Robble to go in the second.
1: All right. Thirty ninth overall for the Buffalo Sabres, the previous or the pick previously belonged to the Philadelphia Flyers. Brad, which way are you going for Buffalo here?
2: Noah Noah Dower Nilsson. The Buffalo Sabres have definitely put a lot of emphasis on skill with their recent picks, so no reason to think they're going to change that now.
1: The uh, The brother of Liam, the Red Wings prospect out of Sweden, Dover Nielsen is going to go, and br- obviously by draft position here you can see, but a little bit more higher uh, regarded at the time of the draft uh, to, to uh, the Buffalo Sabres. All right, the Washington Capitals 40th overall, as Brad said, it really does open up here. Um, Fisker Mulgard is a great name, and so I was kind of uh, looking at them. I think that was another player that I'm just kind of remembering was mocked to them before, but obviously not on the board. I think Dragasevich is probably too good of a player to pass up here at 40th overall. So I'm going to go with Dragasevich for the last player before the Red Wings picks here. Uh, three consecutive picks here, and Washington's going to take him at number 40. Alright, Prashanth, Max, then Brad. You have the three Red Wings pick picks 41, 42, and 43. 41 was Detroit's, 42's was originally St. Louis's and 43's was originally Vancouver's. So Prashanth, kick us off. Who are you going here for Detroit?
3: This is uh this is a tough pick here. I think since you know what, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not going to overthink this. I'm going to go with the gut. This may be surprising, but I am actually going to say Casper Haltunen. I think with the the shot, he's got, he's got size. He's got a great shot. It didn't work this year for him in Liga. He had a better U18s. I, I really think there is something here and he's a guy that has some upside to him.
1: Thoughts on Casper Haltonen as a, uh, for the first of the three second round picks for the Red Wings. And let me just say, Prashant, this screams Red Wings second round pick because it seems to be, I think this is the case for every team, but they go for a player that a lot of people aren't thinking of.
0: But it's also a player who at various points of the season, especially early, was being talked about not just first round, but like top half of the first round. And, you know, 6'3", right winger, it's projectable tools. I get it. It didn't happen for him um in liga but he still had good production in the in the Finnish junior leagues. He still had 2 points per game at the World U18s. Love the thinking.
1: All right. Uh Max, who are you going with Detroit's next second round pick?
0: Uh Felix Nilsson from Rogla, um player that I saw make his uh not his SHL debut but like his when he became a full-time player and I think there's a lot of Detroit traits to him. Uh works really hard smart player again as with you know maybe this is just my catchphrase we'll see on the ceiling but i think a lot
2: of really nice traits there that, that the turtle like
1: all right thoughts on felix nielsen uh does he scream red wings pick to you guys
2: oh you mean a a, a gifted uh swedish forward yeah no i can't see the red wings ever doing that
1: <laughs> all right uh captain sass brad for detroit's 42nd overall pick. Uh, and the last pick of this mock draft in the third of Detroit's three consecutive picks, assuming they keep it. Who are you taking?
2: Well, at this point in the draft for me, it's go with what you know, and um, I'm not talking about forwards for once. I'm I'm actually picking a defenseman here, and the best trade a defenseman can have is if they process the game really, really well. Uh, This player I've watched at length all season, um, which you guys will understand in a second. Right-shooting defenseman, athletically gifted. If he learns to play with a bit more pace, he could be something. So why not? From the Kitchener Rangers, Hunter Brustevich.
1: A little bit of local bias there as Brad has watched him a lot. Uh, thoughts on, I'm surprised to hear you draft a defenseman where pace is a concern, Brad, considering uh, the kind of narrative around uh, Edmondson and what he's had to work on. And I think he's done it successfully. But thoughts uh, on this pick for Detroit with the last of their three second round picks?
0: yeah i think when uh scott cory and i did our combined mock we got ratioed like crazy for not taking a right d so i just thank brad for avoiding that one for us this time
1: brad drafting a defenseman to cover our, our butts wasn't on my bingo card for today uh but thank you brad for surprising us all another right defenseman that uh that could be in play here Maxime Sturback, am I saying his name right? Sioux Falls. Also, not, you know, everyone thinks right Dean is like, is he going to replace Hronik? His play style is completely, you know, not that, but another right shot defenseman that could be a pick there. Although I'm wondering if he's not a guy who falls a little bit later in the draft. I know his compete kind of pushes him up the board. So with the picks as they fell in this mock draft, the Red Wings walked away with Samuel Honzek at nine, Dmitry Simashev at 17, and then with their three third round picks, Casper, Haltunen, Felix Nielsen, and then Hunter Brustevitz, I have to ask the, the obvious question here: If you had to give it odds or percentage, whatever you want to call it, what do you what do you make of the idea of Detroit making all five of these picks as is without any trades?
0: Like those players.
1: No, at, no, at, just at those picking the picking at those five spots. Oh, 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 oh.
0: I was gonna say it's like, oh, that's like the greatest parlay of all time. Thirty <laughs> uh, um, yeah. percent. How often do you see a team? I guess Boston did it in the first round, but three in a row almost feels like overkill. But
3: it I think seem this is like the. Good. Yeah, I I would say twenty five percent. I think this is the kind of draft where. I think it was Brad, you said this earlier, you know, if you have a guy that you like, you're just going to maybe go and get him. And, and so I would not be shocked if the wings move one or two, either to move up themselves to go get somebody like Max, you were talking about trading back into the end of the first round, or, you know, somebody wants to come up to get somebody who slipped out of the first round and they're willing to make some moves there. So well, or for a player, right? Like we saw him right.
0: trade for Huso, right? Like if you wanted to go yep. get like Dan Vladar or something.
3: Yeah, yeah. You want to go out and get rights to a player? Uh, absolutely. You know, move one of those second round picks and and, and go out and get the player rights. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I think it's probably less than 25% in my opinion.
1: That last point you made, Prashanth, I think was really what stood out to me because Eisenman has said multiple times over his career with the Red Wings as, as GM, but especially recently, he likes trading for players. I know this is a little bit of a false narrative, but I'm gonna to stick to it because, you know, that's what I do, I guess. But the Red Wings chose a path uh, last off season when they went out and spent, and I don't think you can backpedal now. Is making five picks in the first 43 bad and backpedaling? No, but if there's an opportunity to go out and get a guy to move your timeline forward a little bit, I think you're gonna do it. So between that and Eisenman's propensity for trading for known quantities and Detroit's wealth of picks and assets, and Detroit's kind of packed uh, pipeline, I could see them overpaying to bring in a multitude of guys. Think of whoever you want. DeBrincki going to be the top of that list. I don't know, Scott Lawton, if you want to think about that. Konechny, if you also want to think about the same team. I'm not saying these guys are likely, but there's NHLers available right now in the league. And also remember, this is the last year where Detroit's cap space is going to be as valuable as it is with the, the cap projected to rise by a lot next year so easier said than done and i know we talk about it way more than it actually happens but there's a perfect storm brewing for trades so between nine and 17 and the kind of talent there and then three consecutive second round picks i just think the situation is too ripe i'd also give it you know a one and four shot that they actually make it as is it would be pretty baller though you you like five prospects that much that you go out and make those picks like you are making a statement about this draft and you're saying this is going to be a big part of the core of a competitive team moving forward
0: yeah it's not impossible with i I think i think with how like short much shorter team lists from what i understand are i don't think it's crazy to think that you'd be getting five of your top 30 in that scenario
1: yeah and can you uh reiterate for the listeners max because we've talked about this at length before and i think it's a really interesting concept that doesn't get talked about enough how long teams actual lists are
0: i i don't know the total number, but I, I think it's a lot shorter. Like you, I don't think it's as long as like, if you see Corey's list comes out, it has like 127. I don't think NHL teams are coming with a list that long. Um, Corey is a better person to ask about this. I'm basically just parroting what I've heard him say in the past, but like it, it what it kind of tracks with, right? Is like at, on draft day, you ask a team. Well, how do you think he did? Oh, we're elated. We didn't think this guy was going to be there. Well, yeah, we thought he should go way sooner, right? Well, yeah, they had him like 70th on their list and they got him in the fifth round, right? Or the seventh round. Actually, if you're the 70th guy on their list, you're probably, you know, whatever. You might have had a guy who was like 45th on your list and you got him in the fourth or fifth round. You're elated, right? Um I That's my understanding. I might be misquoting. Um Corey has done a story on this. Though. Like it's in print, like um, what goes into it. And I think it's it's very interesting. Um yeah people
1: should read it stands to reason that you know these second round pick there's going to be a second round pick made that's not on at least one other team in the second round's board and that's that's a i think a good way to think about it all right folks that is our uh red wings flavored mock draft as we ended after their fifth pick uh thank you all so much for tuning in uh brad this is your job so i'm not thanking you but max and prashanth especially thank you so much Uh, in order max first uh, let us know where we can find your work
0: uh, yeah, theathletic.com. Uh, you can subscribe there or you can, uh, if you want to help me out, subscribe through any of my links, which are all posted on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at M underscore Bolben.
3: Well, Ryan, you, uh, you pay my salary now. So, you know, you can find me on the Wing Wheel podcast network on expected by him with Sean Shapiro. And then got a bunch of fun draft stuff coming up, uh, for you guys. We're going to launch some exciting tools, um, on the draft stock app come next Monday. So uh, stay tuned and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy those.
1: Yep. As Prashanth mentioned, his draft stock app is a great way to to kind of keep track of consensus rankings and things like that. But, um, you know, Max's work, not only just for Red Wings relevancy, uh, but just overall draft coverage his work that he's done there alongside cory and scott wheeler and many others is uh you know second to none so uh go to max's twitter page and definitely subscribe to the athletic through that link uh if you don't the ghost of evan will haunt you and not in a cool way all right folks thank you for tuning in we are going to go uh, uh pour over some more draft rankings